0: For the Irish at the timeout. Williams right to the right side. Powers to the end zone. Well, low snap. Picked it up. Takes an end zone shot. Hand fighting. But Kimberly goes up and gets it. And it is a touchdown. Welcome back to another episode of the Golden Homers Podcast with your hosts, Mason Plummer and Nathan Urbach.
1: What's going on guys welcome into another edition of the golden homers co- podcast brought to you by Defanboys.com and winning uh, winning edge sports network our new kind of collab that we have going on. I'm excited for all of that but uh, Merry Christmas happy happy new year happy holidays all of you guys um, out there haven't recorded uh, you know since you know since Christmas and all that but wanted to get on here and um, obviously haven't recorded since the uh, Notre Dame signed their 24 players in the uh, class of 2023. You know, there were some last week was a pretty hectic, crazy week. You you kind of found us on spaces, found us recording previously to uh, to the 2023 class being signed. You know, obviously the Peyton Bowen drama, uh, Jaden Lamar ended up finding a new home as well. You know, previously to that, guys like Dylan Edwards and uh, a few others, you know, found new homes and different things like that. But I think Notre Dame signed a really, really talented class of 2023 and probably honestly like from just a pure rankings and pure talent top to bottom arguably their best class during even the brian kelly era you know maybe maybe compare it to 2013 a little bit if you go with high impact and you know but you have to go back to 2008 um for the last time they signed at least 20 players that were considered four stars or better so Um, And and then this 2023 class also has 20 players. So from that perspective, just a really, like I said, a really talented class from top to bottom. I think at least if you look at the 24-7 composite rankings, they only signed four four three three-stars. Everybody else is a four-star or higher. And honestly, Mason, um, I I know I haven't (laughs) introduced you yet. I know you're working on some stuff behind the scenes. So I'm kind of rambling here to begin with. But I wouldn't be surprised if there's one or two more guys from this class that enter four-star range or or even five-star range maybe for some of them once this class is 100% complete and they have new rankings that come out in February or whatever it might be, maybe slightly before then, but guys like Armel Mukum. Who is a four-star on the 24-7 sports rankings, but not in the composite? I could see that. Maybe Caleb Smith, but I I doubt it there. Christopher Turek is very close to four-star status in the composite. Maybe he gets a boost. And I don't really see anybody falling out of four-star range. Everybody else seems to pretty be uh to to be solidly in or will only receive a you know slight bump or even maybe a slight boost uh to that ranking. But Enough enough rambling, Mason. This is going to be our rankings and superlatives podcast for the 2023 class. How are you doing today? Um, excited to get going, man.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, it was an exciting, you know, in a way, end to the, the 2023 class. Of course, still a little bit of room to add and decline or detract from the class, I guess. But, uh, yeah, the whole Peyton Bowen drama, I could have lived without that for sure. <laughs> but uh, I am glad it's not – you know, this isn't going to be about him. This is about – when Notre Dame was able to sign a class we were both very high on, a class that's really hard to rank. I'm looking at my rankings now, and, you know, without giving anything away, some of the guys in my bottom five, I'm like, man, like though I'm still – Pretty high on those guys. Like I think they're really talented and can be impactful at Notre Dame. So it almost feels disrespectful. It almost feels wrong to have them that low. But um, it's something I'm really excited about to, to talk about. You know, this is a fun time of year, just before the bowl game, where everybody is really taking a look at the 2023 class, the incoming guys, seeing you know what the future of Notre Dame looks like, and adding some superlatives to the case is always fun. And it's really fun to look back, like three or four years ago, and look at the guys whose careers have somewhat unfolded and see what we thought of them then and what we think of them now. So um definitely excited to do that with this class.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, you know, you look at the bottom of the class and some of these guys that are there and, you know, like I'm looking at, I'm not going to say the name, but I'm looking at my number 20 player and even my number 21 player in this class or our, sorry, those are our, our 20 and 21 players, the guys that we kind of, Um, when we when we meshed our rankings together and I think in a different year maybe not last year because I think that class in its own right was also very talented um, or at least we we feel that way but like you go like let's just say you pick a random Brian Kelly class that wasn't 2013 and you feel like those guys would probably be closer to the top 10 so just sort of like I said really talented class from top to bottom and um, you know, you mentioned this isn't about Peyton Bowen, but you know, what's obviously recruiting without a little drama involved. So that that like you said, it kind of had to be in there um, or it wouldn't have been a Notre Dame recruiting class without it. Whether it was right. gonna be good or bad for Notre Dame, it turned out bad for Notre Dame, but um, it is what it is. But yeah, let's get started with the rankings, man. How do you want to do this? You want to go from like you want to go from like top to bottom? You want to go bottom, like maybe do like the bottom five and then like the next five, you know, so on and so forth until we get to one, or how, how do you want to go about it?
0: Yeah, that, I think that builds excitement. Let's go from the bottom up.
1: Okay, cool. So I'll, what I'll end up doing, um, since there was only 24, not 25 guys, I'll go like 24 to 21, uh, group those together. And then from there on out, we'll do five, 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 five until we get to the top. Yep. Um, so coming in at number 24 is offensive lineman out of uh, Illinois, Christopher Turek. Um, me and you actually both consensusly had him as our, as our um, bottom player in the class. Um, but like I said, you look at the composite rankings. He's a kid that is, you know, a borderline four-star guy. Had pretty much any any team in the country that you want. Looking at offensive linemen, Iowa, Wisconsin, you know, Michigan. I think are back. You know, they're back-to-back Joe Joe Moore Award uh, finalists. I think even winners possibly. Michigan, so and they were in on him. So having him at twenty-four is certainly no slight on him. He's a talented player, um, but but a testament to the class. Number twenty-three, Ben Minnick. Um, another player that I think in a in a Brian Kelly class, just like I said, a, a random Brian, Brian Kelly class probably would have been, you know, closer to like 15 or 16, uh, really fast player, versatile, can play wide receiver, can play uh, safety, could probably even play corner or grow into a rover, um, just kind of the way he plays tenacity wise. Uh, 22, Preston Zinter, another guy with versatility, can play tight end, can play, you know, Notre Dame likes him at linebacker. And then 21 was uh Sam Pendleton, another, you know, like I said, a really talented offensive lineman. I know our boy Tom Lloyd really likes him. He said that, you know, Notre Dame and some other industry people think that you know, essentially everybody's sleeping on him that he could be an impactful player maybe even year one possibly but definitely by like year two and as an upperclassman he'll be a a, a, a for sure starter so just taking a look at that Mason so it goes Pendleton 21 Preston Zinter 22 Ben Minick 23 Christopher Turek 24 what, what are your thoughts on those four guys
0: Yeah, I think it feels almost wrong to have a guy like Tarek, who I think will be good down the line, that low. But he is a bit of a project—a guy flipping from another offensive line factory in Wisconsin. Um, I think it was just uh, the Wisconsin. The coaching changes seemed to be an issue for Tarek, and I think there was always interest in Notre Dame. And it's not—I don't think it's much of a debate at this point. Notre Dame is offensive line use, so why not be a part of that? But you know what? After looking back at rankings and preparing for this episode. I I tend to have a lot of offensive linemen, especially recently, a little bit lower. I learned my lesson there with Joe Alt. And you have to just trust that Houston's going to do his thing with offensive linemen. And uh, it's burned me in the past. And it wouldn't be surprised if in four or five years we look back and Turek's a really solid player, uh, a contributor for Notre Dame, and it kind of burns me to have him last. I feel weird having an offensive lineman last, uh, due almost purely to Harry Houston. But it looks like we're doing it again, and I'm prepared to be burned.
1: You know what? And, you know, obviously his film from his junior year to senior, year, I thought really improved. And, and like you said, you know, it, it feels weird, but it's kind of, it's going to be kind of a theme here in this, in this class for us. I think the only guy that me and you both had a, as a consensus top 10 player um, is Charles Jagas. So I don't think we're giving much away there considering if you look at the composite rankings for 24, seven sports, he's the number one player in the class. So um he's our only consensus top 10. We'll get to some other um, you know, rankings. I think I had one more guy in the top 10 and you had everybody kind of in the teens. So uh, maybe we'll get burned there. And, you know, obviously we know how, how hairy he stand is in developing offensive linemen, but, um, but yeah, you yeah, know, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it goes, I guess. Um,
0: yeah. Um, my only other thought on this group is I like Minnick and I like him as an athlete. I'm not sure where he fits on the college game. I think that His speed is good. Uh, I'm just notoriously not high on Minnick. I'm worried about his tackling at the next level unless he puts on a lot of weight. Um, It's something that the Irish Illustrated podcast pointed out as I was listening to it. I popped on the film and I'm a little bit concerned about him being able to tackle on the open field. But um, that's something that can always be worked on. And I'm definitely excited for his future. But um, I like the comparison to Kyle McCarthy for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think bare minimum that that he's gonna be a, a like a really, really good special teams player for him. And I know some people will see that and be like, okay, well, you know, what does that really do for your roster? But we saw what special teams could do for Notre Dame this year. And so if he becomes a guy that, you know, maybe is a punt kickoff returner for you or, you know, just a gunner or whatever it is, I mean, there's value in that. And you know, obviously we have him lower in the class, which I think makes sense based on a lot of the things you a lot of the things you pointed out his size and stuff like that but you know like like we've mentioned he has not only just good speed but borderline elite speed um, comparatively to some of his you know counterparts in this class and disguising the country overall and I think that's why Notre Dame was so intrigued by him and why other schools were kind of getting in on him late in the process he visited Ohio State I think for the Michigan game. Um, both of those teams seem to be kind of in on him a little bit towards the end as well. And, but he was, you know, firm in his commitment to Notre Dame. So we'll see how it goes. He's definitely bigger than a guy like Nico Fertita. And so I think, you know, looking at maybe like a mix of Fertita and Kyle McCarthy is a, maybe a good way to look at it. And um, you know, just a guy that I think will fit in uh, culture wise uh, at
0: Notre Dame for sure. Yeah. Brian Mace will be excited to have him
1: for sure. For sure. Um, going down the list, number 20 is defensive lineman Devin Houston, Nin- uh, 19 is offensive lineman Joe Odding, 18 Rico Flores, wide receiver out of California, 17 K.K. Smith, I'm calling him K.K. Smith because that's what he says he goes by, Notre Dame has another Caleb Smith, like you like you mentioned I think in our last podcast, bring you all the wide receivers that are named Caleb Smith, that, that works out well, but In this case, just to not confuse people, KK Smith. We're going to go with he's now he comes in at 17, wide receiver out of Texas that they flipped from Texas Tech late in the process, and then number 16, safety out of uh, the New Jersey area, Adon Schuler. Anything that you kind of want to point out from there, Mason?
0: Um, I think there's the potential we're going to be very wrong or we'll just have Schuler and Flores very low because I think they can be early impact contributors. But that's just the thing with this class is there's so many guys that I, I think are very good, those two included, that will be early impact guys that are going to feel – it's going to feel wrong at first to have them that low, but it wouldn't surprise me if guys ended up outperforming them later on too. So, I mean, it's just tough once you get into the, the middle of this class where you have a lot of guys that you – that you're high on Schuler specifically because I think he's going to be a really good player for Notre Dame. And then you have a guy like Flores who very well could be the first receiver from this class to make a true impact just because of how ready he is and how polished he is as a receiver. But we end up inevitably having a guy with higher upside like Braylon James higher up. So um, definitely intrigued by those two specifically. I don't know if you had anything else.
1: Yeah, I mean it. It just goes back to what we said. I mean, this class is so deep overall. I mean, you look at like Schuler, Flores, Audie, and Houston are all four-star players, and they're in the bottom half of this class. Um, Yeah, even going back to the other guys. I mean, Ben Minich is a top two, four, seven player on. Twenty-four-seven sports and Sam Pendleton is also a four-star in the composite ranking. So, we have plenty of guys on the bottom of this list that are all four stars with high-level offers. I mean, we spoke about it in the last class, but you know, Adon Schuler, Ohio State pushed for him super late. We we know that TK Smith had other offers or other teams that wanted to grab him, um, but he essentially said, "I'm going down to Tech. I'm, if I don't go to Texas Tech, I'm going to end up at Notre Dame." Rico Flores you know, essentially was a Notre Dame or Ohio State guy as well. Um, Joe Audin is very similar to, I think, Christopher Turek, where a lot of those just O-line factories wanted him. And, you know, and Devin Houston, obviously, I think Michigan finished second for him. So these are all players that other really talented programs um, or other just, you know, blue blood programs, play, programs that are in the college football playoff, you know, on a yearly basis and things like that. Those, these are the types of teams or types of players that those teams wanted.
0: Yeah. That's why I kind of encourage people sometimes ratings are never going to be perfect, but read the tea leaves in terms of the offers. And that tells you everything you need to know.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And especially if you know, like what teams are offering and they had committable offers and all that kind of stuff, but we don't really have to get into all of that. Right. Um, I know later on, I'm going to get into some of our like discrepancies. Um, So far, I don't think we have two, at least from our You know, you push them all together rankings perspective. I don't think we have too big of a discrepancy here on anybody. I know you had Sam Pendleton a little bit higher than I did, um, but he finished. I think you had him at 18. I had him at like 22 or something like that. And he finished at 21. So nothing too crazy there. Um, Everybody else is, you know, a couple spots different. Um, I think here, this next group is where we might have a little bit more. And we can kind of talk on that a little bit. So um, number 15 is Armel Mukum, who uh, committed – to Notre Dame, uh, you know, fairly quickly after the Keon on Keely decommitment and a lot of people had a lot of rolling eyes. And I think you, you included Mason yeah. had, some, had some pretty, uh, harsh thoughts a little bit and you've, you've obviously have, have touched on that. So I'm not trying to make fun of you too much, but, um, he comes in at 15. You actually ended up having him a lot higher in the class. And I think you probably expected to, but you know, he finished as a four-star in the 24, seven sports rankings. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of teams and uh, and, you know, industry people were were getting on him late. So he comes in at 15. Sullivan Ashbur, offensive tackle out of uh, North Carolina, I believe. Am I right on that, North Carolina?
0: Yeah, because it came down to either staying home with Clemson or Notre Dame.
1: Right, right. I was. I, that's why I forgot if it was South Carolina or not. But, yeah, he comes in at 14. Cooper Flanagan, tight end out of California, same high school as uh, Isaiah Foskey at number 13. Brennan Vernon comes in at number 12. Uh, defensive lineman out of Ohio and then Micah Bell at 11, probably the fastest player in this class, a corner out of Texas um, who was down to Notre Dame and Georgia when it was all said and done. So any, anything you want to talk about there? I think this is where we start having a little bit of a discrepancy on some players.
0: Uh, Yeah. I'm looking at my ranks. I have Vernon at six. So if he's at 12, that means you have him low. So I'm kind of curious on that.
1: Yeah. I had him at number 19. Okay. So I think that, overall I think that might be our biggest discrepancy um yeah I'm but, it, but it, it just goes back to like I think everything we've said is like you you obviously are a little bit higher on him than I am I mean that's very clear just in our ranking standpoint but I don't look at putting him at 19 as like some sort of insult I think he's a a really good player and I think he's actually going to be pretty impactful at Notre Dame but I I, I I don't know if he has the highest upside. I think he's just kind of one of those guys that's just going to be a really solid player, probably be like a, you know, fifth or sixth round pick in the NFL draft down the line. And, but like, that's, you know, like, look at a guy like Kurt Heinisch. Now I think Brennan Vernon has more upside than a guy like Kurt Heinisch, but we Kurt Kurt Heinisch had a really good career at Notre Dame, ended up going undrafted, but, you know, made a 53 man roster. And, you know, he doesn't, like I said, he doesn't have as much upside. He doesn't have as much length, you know, as, as Vernon did, but like, I could see Vernon having a very similar style career that, uh you know, Kurt Heinrich did, you know, maybe a future captain type of guy, Um, you know, quiet, you know, part of the re- part of the reason why he kind of dropped in the rankings, I think is because he doesn't really go to camps. He doesn't really talk to the media too much. And, you know, it's hard to get a gauge on, on these kids sometimes when, you know, you don't get to see them live outside of, you know, maybe going to their football game or something like that. So um. when it's all said and done, I think number 12, where we have them consensusly is probably going to be a better ranking for him. And so I'm, I'm glad that we sort of had the discrepancy that we did. Um, but, uh, you know, like uh, overall, just a really good player. And then the other guy here is Cooper Flanagan. I had Cooper Flanagan in my top 10 at number eight and you had him Ironically enough, at 19, so we sort of flip flopped those two, um, in a sense. And I think Flanagan's going to just be a really, really good tight end at Notre Dame. Tight end, you—they develop him as as good as anybody. Not going to say he's Michael Mayer, but I think he, you know, if he if he had a very Colt Comet type career and ended up a you know a second round, third round pick or something like that in the NFL draft, maybe even a first round pick. Honestly, um, it wouldn't surprise me.
0: Yeah, I don't know what it, what it is about Flanagan. Something just the the, the film doesn't pop for me. Um, I'm excited to see him develop, but I, I just haven't seen it. And guys, like I, I'm traditionally like to rank tight ends higher because I'm high on him. I think I was really high on Eli Raritan. I wasn't quite as high on holding stays because I didn't know he'd be so impactful so early on. Um, but I, I don't know what it is about Flanagan. I hope to be wrong.
1: And then the other guy here is you had. Um Absher at 17 and I had Absher at 10. And he, so he came in at 14. So a little bit, like I said, that this, this group of five right here, we have a pretty big discrepancy on outside of, I think, Mukum and Michael Bell where we're very similar on those two guys on where we rank them.
0: Yeah. It's probably going to be another one where I have an offensive lineman too low and I regret it later on. Um, <laughs> I think Absher, I love the size. I, I don't, I just don't know exactly where he projects. Um, I I'd like him to be a tackle, but I think he'll just be, he'll have to be a big guard. I think Jagasaw is going to be the tackle in this class. Um, I, I'd like to see more of him. I think he's a little bit raw as a prospect, but again, trust mm-hmm. Harry and I'll, I'll probably be wrong on this one.
1: Anything else on those, on those five?
0: Um, I think, I think that's all I got. All right. Awesome.
1: So going to 10, we got Jaden Osberry at number 10 linebacker out of Louisiana. Number nine is Gubakar uh, Traore. There it is. Thank you for that. It's, when you say it out loud, it's actually not as bad. If you if you try to say it slowly, it feels like a tongue twister. But if you just say triore, it's really not bad at all. Um, so I'm happy. I'm happy we've been corrected on that. Or you were never wrong, I should say. Um, and you were you were on that bandwagon for for the longest time that that was how you say it, and other people were not saying it correctly. Um, so kudos to you, Mason, on that one. Um, number eight, we have Brandon Hillman. Um, athlete. Looks like he's probably going to start out at safety out of Virginia. Number seven, Kenny Minchie, and number six, Jaden Greathouse. Anything stick out to you there?
0: Um, Nothing really. Uh, I think those are all really talented guys, and it's tough where exactly you want to rank them. I struggled with this portion specifically quite a bit because I didn't know I mean, it's like splitting hairs at this point because I think all these guys in a normal class are top five guys and, and none of them ended up really being that. So uh, maybe they were for you, but not necessarily for me. So, um, yeah, this this part was really tough. But I think all of these guys are going to have really good careers. I mean, it's easy to say now, but I really do think this class has a chance to be special.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Me and you were very similar on Great House overall. We both had him in the top 10. I did have Great House at number five. You had him at number eight. Um, Kenny Menchie, you had at nine, I had at seven. So very similar there. Hillman, I had at 11, you had at seven. Um, so you had him in the top 10 and that's kind of what pushed him to number eight. And then Bubakar Traor was the guy that we were probably the most different on. I actually had him all the way at number six and you had him at number 13. Um, you just messed up his name already. God, dude, it's going to be tough, man. Traoray, (laughs) Traoray. Um, and then Osbury, you had at 10, I had at 14, Um, so a little bit of a difference there, but, um, he ended up, uh, finishing in our top 10 as a whole. So I don't know, man, like I, Brandon Hillman, I think probably would surprise the most people that he's in the top 10. If you didn't like read our, if you already didn't read Tom Loy's and, you know, Irish illustrated list, just because, you know, he was a late, a late ad, I think as of like three months ago, he didn't even have a ranking and, you know, all of a sudden now he's a top 200 player and on the 24, seven sports ranking. So um, and me and you agree on that list. I mean, he's probably a guy that could play four different positions at Notre Dame. And I think he settles in at safety, maybe Rover down the road. And I think he's going to be a really, really good player for Notre Dame um, as, he, yeah. as he continues to to grow as a football player.
0: Yeah, it's always a good thing when you're going to have both sides of the ball arguing over a player. And I think that's what's going to happen with with Hellman, because Tommy's going to want him. Uh, Al Golden's going to want him. Everybody should get so the, the guys a freak athlete. Just where is he most impactful for your team?
1: Yeah, Absolutely. And then um we didn't even talk about Jaden Greathouse in reality, but I mean, like I said, we both had him in the top 10, you know, arguably the the most ready player um in the class and a guy that I know me and you are are <laughs> I wouldn't even I don't even want to say upset, even though it probably does upset us that he's not even in the top 247 anymore, um, or the top 247 players in the country according to 247 I'm upset. I'm yeah, upset. We, yeah, we I mean he sh- I think he should be honestly top 150. Um, and that, and even that, like if he was like number one fifty, I'd probably be like, okay, that's too low. So, yep. um, the fact that he's not in there, but you know, and everybody that covers Notre Dame has him in their top five, essentially. You know, I think that that speaks volumes because when you really look back, and I think at rankings for classes, the the guys that cover the players are the ones that typically are the most right, and I have a feeling that the people that follow Notre Dame, cover Notre Dame, get paid to to talk about Notre Dame, stuff like that are going to be more right on great house than the consensus of people that just make the rankings are. And, you know, I'm, I don't, I'm not upset with the people that make the rankings per se, because it's a very hard job. They, you know, there's thousands of players that they have to rank, but when you dominate the, the maybe the best conference in the entire country, and if we're being honest, um, you know, the top, the top conference in high school for at, in, in the state of Texas, and, and you're maybe the best player in that conference from a statistical standpoint, to me, that means you're one of the best players in the country. And I think, I think when you looked at 24 seven sports, they had him as like the 49th best player in the state of Texas. And I, I just don't know how there's, 49 player or 48 players better than him so it, I, like you said it is kind of frustrating and and i am upset about the ranking i guess overall
0: yeah and you know you think about that 49 better players in the state of texas i don't think there's 49 better receivers like i just don't get it um you're he's setting records at one of the best programs in the country in the state of texas where competition at like an all-time high you could make an absurd roster out of just kids from Texas. Um, I mean, it's, it is frustrating, and I'm hoping that uh, we're able to look back at that ranking and laugh because I really do think he's in line to score a couple of tuds for Notre Dame uh, next season. I mean, the receiver position, it's steadily rising in terms of talent, but you know, we saw how badly Notre Dame needed a receiver like Great House this past season. And I think he's going to be a guy that is able to make an early impact, an early contribution, because like you mentioned, of the, the talent level that he's playing against is the best of the best that you're going to get on the high school level. And he's just big enough where it's not like a guy that relies purely on speed. He has the build to be able to deal with that, like the contact of the of the college game. So uh, I'm really excited for his career.
1: Yeah, I'm already prepared. I'm already um <laughs> prepared to talk about him as like uh when we do our bold predictions. And you know how I know how you love to to put those freshmen in there. And I'm already prepared to get disappointed by you on week four, you predicting a hundred yards and a touchdown by Great House and him having zero catches or something like that.
0: It might be earlier than week four. It
1: might be, it might be. <laughs> but uh one one interesting thing I'm gonna say here, and and then we'll get to the number like the top five is we didn't have the exact order of the composite rankings from 24, seven sports, but we had the, the first six, you know, we all had, we had the same six as the 24, seven composite rankings did just in a different order. So I found that very interesting that we were, you know, essentially agreeing with them. Great house. Like if you just base it off the composite, he was, I think number six, um, exactly, even though he wasn't, you know, number six in their, in their actual rankings. Um, so we did agree a lot with the composite which when it came down to the best players in this class, so um, with with that said, let's get down to the uh, top five. So, Drake Bowen comes in at number five, Mister Football in Indiana, Buckus Award winner at the high school level. Um, you know Notre Dame continues to to recruit linebackers well, churn out talented linebackers into the NFL. At this point, I'm, I'm not going to go as far to say that they're linebacker U. Um, but I think that they have a better case for it than maybe some people realize that don't really follow Notre Dame. You know, they continuously bring in the top guys in the country at linebacker. And even when they don't, like for example, a guy like Jeremiah Usu Koromoa, he comes in as like a borderline four star guy, you know, a late add to that Notre Dame class. And then he wins the Buckus Award in his final season at Notre Dame, goes on to be a second round pick, which was semi egregious. He should have been a first rounder, maybe even a top. 15 player in that class and is obviously having a, a really solid start to his career with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, number four, Jeremiah Love. Number three, Braylon James. Number two, Christian Gray. And then number one, Charles Jagusa or Jagusa, I think is how some people say it's pronounced. So we'll maybe we'll figure that out down the line, but anything you think is weird or out of place in that top five?
0: I don't think so. I, I really like that top five. And um just hearing that ranking y'all that, the fact that all those guys will be at Notre Dame is exciting. The fact that they're all signed now. So, um, yeah, Drake Bowen, Mr. Everything, really. i excited to see what his baseball career ends up as well. Um, new coaching staff on the baseball side. And um, I'm excited to see what exactly happens with his baseball career. You see some guys that are brought in uh, like a Jaden Thomas that intend to play both and don't. Um, I do think Drake Bowen's a lot better of a baseball player than Jaden Thomas is or was. But I'm not sure exactly how that's going to go or whether football is going to fight to keep him. But um, Christian Gray is a freak, man. He was really in contention for my number one spot. I think he's going to be an unbelievable corner for Notre Dame. Just his size, length, speed, just the whole combo. Notre Dame doesn't get corners like him ever, and I'm very excited about that. Um, Jeremiah Love, I think he's going to be an awesome running back for Notre Dame. He can do it all in terms of um, of the offense. And then Jagasaw, I mean, just another – prototypical guy Notre Dame brings in the top of the top in terms of offensive line talent Um, expecting big things from him in his Notre Dame career uh, at tackle once we see uh, Blake Fisher and Joel go do their thing in the NFL as first round picks
1: yes and just to give you an idea here on how you ranked your top five I know you have yours in front of you but you had Charles Jagasaw at one which he ended up finishing one in our rankings I had him at number three Um, you had Jeremiah Love at number two I had Jeremiah Love at number four And Jeremiah Love came in at number four in our rankings. Um, You had Christian Gray at three. I had Christian Gray at two. He finished at number two. You had Drake Bowen at four. I actually had him at number nine. And he finished at number five in our rankings. Um, So I I think he's actually... Great House and Bowen are the only guys that we both didn't have in our top five. Um, Okay. And then Braylon James, you had at number five. I actually had Braylon
0: James at number one.
1: Um, so
0: I like well, that. I mean, I, I'd be all for him being the number one guy. That means he's a number one pick. Yeah. Or not number exactly. one pick. I'm sorry. First round pick.
1: Right, right. Exactly. And you know, maybe that's a little bit of a uh, precursor to what we're going to talk about when we get to our superlatives. I'm sure we're going to be talking a lot about those top guys, but yeah. So just to kind of give you guys one more quick rundown of our rankings, um, and then we'll take a quick break and get to our superlatives. Uh, number one, Charles Jagasaw. Number two, Christian Gray. Three, Braylon James. Four, Jeremiah Love. Five, Drake Bowen. Six, Jaden Greathouse. Seven, Kenny Minchie. Eight, Brandon Hillman. Nine, Bubakar Triore. Ten, Jaden Osberry. Eleven, Michael Micah Bell. Ten, or twelve, Brennan Vernon. Thirteen, Cooper Flanagan. Fourteen, Sullivan Ashper. 15 Armel Mukum. 16 Adon Schuler. 17, KK Smith. 18, Rico Flores. 19, Joe Odding. 20, Devin Houston. 21, Sam Pendleton. 22, Preston Zenter, 23, Ben Minich, 24, Christopher Turek. And then real quick, Mason, I I wrote down, I think I told you like how our top six matched with the top six of the um. 24, seven composite rankings. I actually wrote down the composite rankings for each guy. And overall we were pretty, we were pretty spot on. I mean, obviously there's going to be a few differences here and there. I think the one couple guys that we were a lot higher on or lower on per se, um, just kind of looking at it here. Like I said, we had Brandon Hillman number eight, the composite rankings have him at number 16 in this class. So that's, you know, a, a pretty good discrepancy there. Um, I don't want to speak for you, obviously, because this is just our normal, our, our combined rankings, but we had Brent, Brennan Vernon at 12, Composite has him at 7, you had him at number 6, so obviously you agree with a little bit more on the Composite there. Armel Mookum, we had at 15, Composite is number 23. And uh, KK Smith, we had at 17, Composite had him at 24, so a few different, um, you know, some those are probably like the the biggest uh, discrepancy rankings that we have, but everything else was pretty, you know, a couple, a couple spots here, a couple spots there, give or take mm-hmm. um, essentially. So I'd say overall, we, we agree with the, the consensus
0: in, in general. Yeah. Which isn't the most fun, but I think that gives us the most chance to be right, which is important.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, but yeah, well, let's get into our uh, superlatives here, here in a second.
0: The Golden Homers are brought to you by Generations Barbershop, a Notre Dame-themed barbershop that has been keeping Irish fans looking good since 1930. Brent and Gill are located on Lincoln Way East in Mishawaka, Indiana. Open 8 to 5 and by appointment, call or text Brent at 574-250-0622. That's 574-250-0622.
1: Hey, it's Nathan from the Golden Homers here to tell you about meetupvegas.com. Want to eat the same quality meats that the great chefs in Las Vegas use? I got the hookup for you. Delivered straight to your front door. Meetupvegas.com offers steaks, pork chops, premium chicken breasts, prime rib, you name it. Check out meetupvegas.com and use code 10 at checkout to receive $10 off your order. All right, welcome back. We got our superlatives here for the 2023 class. We do this every year. It's always fun. Um, if you don't know what superlatives are, essentially, you know, we say like like the 10 we're gonna go off of. I'll just give you our 10 right here is um, you know, most likely to have an early impact, most underrated, most likely to be a first rounder, most likely to be a future captain, first off the bus type of guy, most impactful during their entire career, late bloomer, highest upside, most versatile and best athlete. So just kind of fun, a fun little game. It kind of gets everybody included into this. Um, you know, whether it's a, the number one player in the class like Charles Jagasaw, or the last guy in Christopher Turek, um. It kind of brings up a bunch of different things so and I, I know me and Mason like to do like I said like to do this every year. We have different different opinions and based on the list I know we're going to have some different opinions on this so uh, should be fun but let's start out with uh, the earliest impact guy. Mason, who did you uh, have as your early impact.
0: I feel like this is an easy choice but it's Jaden Greathouse. Um, partially because of the positional need at receiver, but also because I think he's good enough to play at Notre Dame, even if they did have a healthy wide receiver room in the, in his first year. So um, I really do think Jaden Greyhouse is going to have a nice freshman year. What those stats look like. I don't really know, but I, I know that he has played a high enough level and has played a high enough competition that he's able to, or will be able to transition to the college game with ease. And I'm really excited to see what he can do in terms of a jump ball ability. His route tree is already looking nice. Um, uh, I'm I'm excited to see what Tommy wants to do with him. Um, I'm excited to read the summer camp reports too because I really have a feeling that Greyhouse is going to be at the top of them.
1: Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he ends up being the early impact guy. I didn't actually end up picking him, and my main reason for that was I feel like wide receivers are really hard positioned to be good at early, and I think Notre Dame has – assuming they don't lose guys to the portal after the bowl game and stuff like that, I feel like they're starting to finally develop some depth. They just added Caleb Smith from Virginia Tech in the portal who in my opinion is actually a very similar build and similar style of player to Jaden Greathouse. So I think it might be tough for Greathouse to see the field over some of these guys. And it would be no, it's going to be no slight on him. Cause like you said, I do think that he could be a guy that provides an early impact if, if, if need be injuries happen, so on and so forth. Um, but because of the depth and the talent that the wide receiver room is now starting to develop um, under Chauncey Stuckey, um, I think there's a good chance that some of these freshmen see the field, but maybe not have the impact that we think they're going to have. So I ended up going with Christian Gray. And I know that sounds interesting because it's kind of probably a similar, a similar um, like reason on why he might not see the field as Jaden Grayhouse. Cause you have Cam Hart returning, you know, for his fifth year, you have a guy like Ben Morrison, who is a freshman, all America American this year. Um, You know, Jaden Mickey, who, you know, who will seemingly get better as a sophomore and played a lot as a true freshman. Clarence Lewis should be coming back as well. So you have four established guys there. Um, But I think Christian Grays is so good. And I think he might be one injury away from being the number one. Um, or the or the the number the number two guy opposite of whichever guy gets hurt. If it's Cam Hart goes down with like a shoulder injury, we know he has his shoulder and his shoulder issues. I can see him being the starting guy on that, on the boundary. And if Ben Morrison happens to go down with an injury or something like that, um, I could see Christian Gray being the number two there. And uh, you know, you have a guy like, like I said, like a guy like Clarence Lewis who's going into his senior year. I could see him maybe even transitioning to safety for Notre Dame. So that's kind of why I have Christian Gray there. Plus, I think he's a guy that could very well be, um, you know, a, a guy that's 100% ready to play as a true freshman. And, you know, he's the number one corner that Notre Dame would have landed in, in any Brian Kelly class. Um, so I think that speaks volumes to to the recruiting aspect of the corner position. But, uh, but yeah, no, I just think his size and his, his speed and his playmaking ability at corner um, could prove to put him on the field very early on.
0: Yeah, I almost put Gray there. I really like that pick. I think that he's just super talented. And, yeah, I mean, you said it, then that's the last – or I'm sorry, that's the highest-rated corner Notre Dame's had in the last 12 or 13 years. I mean, that's saying something. Not that Notre Dame's great at recruiting corner, but it just means, you know, this guy is legit and he should have every opportunity to play early on or at least really challenge for it.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think me and you were pretty close. I mean, if you had Gray at number two – or close to it. I mean, I had great house at number two uh, and and close to being number one. So we're, we're pretty on, I think pretty on par there. Um, what about your most underrated?
0: Yeah. For most underrated, I had Brendan Vernon just because of, I think uh, how far he dropped in the rankings. I don't think that was necessarily right. Um, and I think that where he ended up in our, even in our individual composite rankings is wrong. I, the guy is just a monster. And I think that He added some weight, but I think that's okay. I think he'll be able to shift inside if that's what Notre Dame decides to do with them. I'm excited for Matt Bayless to get his hands on him, really. I think Brennan Vernon's a monster, man. He just he loves football. I I think that inevitably because he didn't want to talk to the media, they drop him down a little bit. He's not about the camp thing. I think that if he was to be a guy that was into the whole camp scene, we wouldn't have seen him drop nearly as far. I think people forget how highly ranked he was when he committed Notre Dame. Nathan, I believe he was a – was he a five-star when he committed?
1: Yeah, him and Drake Bowen are both five stars when they committed to Notre Dame.
0: And uh, I know this sounds like loser talk for me, but if Bowen and Vernon went elsewhere, they would still be five stars. So um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with that. I, the talent's legit with Vernon. I think he's underrated now, and I, partially because of the whole camp thing, the media thing, and the fact that um, that he's been in the class for so long that people are just kind of tired of talking about him. He's not the sexy name anymore that people are thinking about, but. He's sexy to me. Yeah, it's
1: a sexy pick. Yeah. No, I was gonna say the other the other thing there. And if you just go from a Notre Dame fan perspective is the fact that he's been in the class so long. So it makes sense. I mean, I think you base it off of the guys that are that actually signed with Notre Dame, he was the first commit in the class. Um, right. So so he he's definitely been around for a while and he stuck with his recruitment. Essentially was the kind of guy that said, Nope, I'm not going anywhere. I I committed to Notre Dame, that's where I want to be. I'm not gonna look elsewhere. And you know, kudos to him for that. Cause in today's college football world it's that that's a pretty rare breed at this point yeah so my my guy for underrated is Caleb Smith um I think we have him at number let's see here I'm trying to look we have him at number 17 in our rankings so kind of like what you just said with with Brennan Vernon overall you know I think we're gonna look back and say that we were even too low on him and I think according to the 24 7 composite he's the last player in the class. And I just don't see that being the case. I think he's actually closer to being the number one wide receiver in the class than, than the last player in the class overall. And I think he's a player that can maybe even see the field early. Um, just a smooth route runner. He's, he's a slot guy. He or he could play the slot. I think he can also play the outside. He's fast. Um, again, I don't think he played the top level in Texas, but the the level right below it and was just a really good player. I'm at that level, which produces a lot of obviously really good Texas talent and just a lot of talent at the D one level overall. So, you know, based on our rankings and based on the composite, I think he's going to prove to, to be a much better player, um, than, than those rankings show.
0: Now, I like that pick a lot. And I think that's a, that's a valid point. I didn't realize he was last in the rankings. Um, but I do think there's a legitimate shot for him to be the number one receiver, in this class and a receiver class that we're both very high on. So that's uh that's super interesting.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I'll start, I'll start on this one. Just so just in case we have some duplicates, but uh, f- most likely to be a f- future first rounder. I went with my number one overall player in the class and Braylon James. Um, I think with the way wide receivers are these days, if you, if you're a really good wide receiver, that also is, you know, fast, physical, productive, all that kind of stuff. Um, I think that that bodes well for you being a first rounder. And I think if there's any wide receiver in this class, or honestly any player in this class that has a legitimate chance of being a first rounder, it's Braylon James. I mean, I think the wide, like I said, the wide receiver position at this point in, um, you know, at this point with with the NFL being a pass, passing league and all that, um, you know, wide receivers are not a they don't get overlooked anymore. And, you know, they almost come out of premium at times. And if you can get a guy in the top 10, top 15, top 20, that can really change your roster in the NFL, you're going to, you're going to go out and get them. And I think Braylon James has that kind of upside.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. And, and we're naming, and, you know, yet another Texas receiver. So. Uh, you'd love to see that. Um, my guy is Charles Jaggersaw. A little bit of a cop out here, um, but with what with what Notre Dame has done, he's been picking the number one guy to be the first round, whatever. But uh, with what Notre Dame has done on the offensive line, it's hard not to pick Charles Jaggersaw. Um, the rankings say it all in terms of him how highly he is ranked in a really highly rated Notre Dame class. Um, you know, Harry Heastin's going to love this guy. Harry Heastand has produced first round offensive line talent. He's about to produce two more in Joe Alt and Blake Fisher. And his next one is coming in the form of Charles Jaggasw.
1: Yeah, no, he was a guy I thought of for sure. Um, I think the main reason I left him off was the fact that I don't know what position he's gonna play. I think he could end up being an interior player for Notre Dame, which obviously isn't the end all be-all when it comes to being a first-round pick. We've seen that with Zach Martin, we've seen that with Quentin Nelson you know, both of those guys. I mean, I know Zach Martin played tackle at Notre Dame, but he ended up being drafted to be an interior guy um, in the NFL. But, you know, you see what happens when you do draft guys like Zach Martin and Quentin Nelson. Those are guys that are both going to be hall of famers. You know, they're both, you know, they're probably the two best offensive guards in football. And it wouldn't surprise me if Jagasaw has that kind of career um, at the next level. But I think that was the one thing that gave me a little bit of pause is that if he does end up an interior player, that could shoot him down the rankings just, just a little bit more than what a, you know, a, a star left tackle or right tackle might end up being, but um, definitely a hard thing to do with that pick.
0: I think that's fair. I could, I could see him being a mauler at either position. I'm really high on uh, his talent already, but the upside too, with Harry, I am extremely bullish on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I did have a, I did, I do have him for one of our superlatives. So I'm definitely going to give him some love a little bit later on. Noted. What about future captain? Most likely to be. I have a feeling we have the same guy here.
0: It has to be Drake Bowen, right? Yeah. I mean, no, it's definitely he's the leader Drake. of the class. <laughs> he kept this class together in some respects. I know they lost some guys, but it could have been much worse with how Notre Dame started this season. Um, he's never wavered. There was no doubt he was going to be all Notre Dame ever since he committed it. But even before that, really, like, you know, he was talking to other schools, visiting other schools, but he was all Irish the whole time. Um, he's just... Mr. Notre Dame, he's the, like the mayor of the class. Or I think that's what they said for Blake Fisher. Um, but even more so, he's, he's the leader of the class. He's just, he's everything you could want in a guy in like the glue. And I could see him being that for Notre Dame on top of just being a stud athlete, a two-sport athlete, setting records, running people over at, at Andrean. I never got to see him play personally, and I should have just because he's not that far away from me. But I'm excited to see him play on Saturdays for Notre Dame, hopefully for a couple of years. But he's got an NFL career ahead of him if he's anything like what we think he's going to be at Notre Dame.
1: Just to show some other guys some love, because I completely agree with you. I mean, he was the leader of the class, just has has captain all over him. Obviously, he's a really good player. We had him in our top five. You know, if he's he's a good football player at Notre Dame, he's like probably a shoo-in to be a captain, honestly, as an upperclassman. I yep. wouldn't be surprised if he could be a sophomore captain, just to be completely honest with you. That's how, that's how impressive he is. Uh, just, just to throw some love to some other guys, I think Adon Don Shuler is another guy that has that kind of capability. Jaden Greathouse, um, I think, has that kind of capability. Kenny Minchie, a guy that we haven't talked about yet. Um, obviously, quarterback, you, you know, is always going to be sort of the leader if he's a starter. Um, so a lot of those guys I can see being future captains. Um, Christian Gray I think kind of the same thing once he was he was locked in with Notre Dame you know from the start once he committed and uh, those are the type of guys that I think could be future captains but in all honesty if we had anybody but Drake Bowen I would have questioned I would have questioned it
0: I actually did write one other just because his signing day video kind of stuck with me and I don't you know I don't want to name the entire class like we just named like five or ten guys like we captains which is a good thing but Sam Pendleton Um, Just the way that he spoke about Notre Dame kind of fired me up um, on his signing day video. So I really liked what he had to say. And I feel like he has some leadership qualities. He has a little bit of charisma about his voice. And you can tell there's a true love there. So um, I'm excited to see what his future is. Even though I'm a little bit down on him, I'm excited about his upside, if that makes sense. I just don't know how to rank him in this class quite yet. I haven't seen it.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think he's a guy that, you know, offensive linemen at Notre Dame are always captains. So you saw this with Josh and. Jared Patterson, you've seen it in the past with, you know, plenty of other guys. So if he's a if he is a upperclassman starter at Notre Dame, which I think we, we both project him to be, then, you know, there's a high likelihood of him being a captain. So I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, who's your first off the bus?
0: First off the bus is Brendan Vernon. Dude's a monster. <laughs> he's scary looking. Um, whether he has the man bun or not, he's got nose rings, earrings, whether he plays with them. I don't know. He's scary to look at. He mauls dudes. Um, I think he's all about the business too. He's not like we've said in terms of the interviews and all that. He's not about the BS. He's just about tackling dudes and hurting people. And that's what I'm about. Um, This is partially influenced by John Kennedy from Always Irish, who has a personal connection to Brennan Vernon's family. And John has been hyping him up to me uh, all, all season long and all this recruiting class long. And just like this dude is, he continues to drop in the rankings and he's pissed off about it. He wants to come in and just maul people. I think he's only gonna to continue to grow. I mean, a defensive lineman that looks like that. I mean, that's my pick.
1: You double dipped there. It's interesting. Um uh, Yeah, opinion. I haven't
0: written for another one too. I haven't decided if I'm gonna go with it.
1: <laughs> I think you should, man. That's your guy, apparently. Um
0: yeah.
1: my guy was Charles, my guy was Charles Jagasaw. Um, like you said, he's just you look at his tape, he's a mauler. He's a uh all-state wrestling uh champion, uh first like first team all-state in wrestling, all that kind of stuff. Um, I think he actually did win a, win a championship in wrestling at the high school level. And, you know, just, just a big, just a big dude, obviously he's, if you play tackle or if you play tackle or guard in Notre Dame, you're going to be labeled as kind of a nasty mauler type. And I think that's kind of how he plays, um, has some stuff to work out just in terms of his, you know, mechanics at, you know, and, and different things like that, um, at, as an offensive lineman but when you when he walks off the bus I think people are going to be like man like I don't want to go against him and um that, that I think that's the, the reason I ended up putting him on my list when it was all said and done
0: yeah I like that a lot kind of forgot about him being a uh, a wrestling state champion <laughs> um I come from a family of wrestlers and I remember watching his wrestling tape now that I think about it that dude's just a freak and you know my like I said my family grew up a lot of a lot of them are wrestlers and uh just watching him come out onto the mat—that's terrifying. Much less than pads.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I'll go first here, uh, but most impactful during their career, I went with Kenny Menchie. and I think for honestly, it's a pretty obvious one. If he ends up being a starter at Notre Dame, and you know, as good as we think he might be as a QB, QB is the most important posi- position in football. Maybe the most imp- important position in all of sports in terms of value to what you bring to a roster. And I think, you know, if he's a multi-year starter or an upperclassman starter for Notre Dame and, you know, and is a, like I said, as good as we think he could be, then he he's going to be, in my opinion, the the best player in this class. And we we will be arguing him at, at number one down the line. So um, I went with Kenny Minchie. I think it's just, I mean, maybe it seems obvious, but like I said, QB is the most important, important position in sports. and I think he can be a damn good one.
0: Yeah. That's who I had to actually, i tried to be a little bit different with this one, but I'm, in a way, I'm glad we're on the same page here. Um, yeah, I, I think Minchie has more than a possible chance of being a starter at Notre Dame and a potentially multi-year starter. I actually made a bet with a guy on Twitter the day after Kenny Minchie committed a $50 bet that he would start a single game for Notre Dame. So I'm excited to cash that. If The, the guy's not going to pay me, but... Um, I wonder if that
1: guy regrets it with his ranking, how it's continued to boost up.
0: I'm sure he does. Like I said, I'm not going to get the money for it, but um, just looking at how the Notre Dame quarterback room is shaking up. If they, well, I mean, we expect them to bring in a transfer and maybe they'll have him in by the time this podcast is even posted. But um, with Buckner, a little bit injury prone, we haven't seen it all come together for him yet. Um, Sam Hartman looks like he could be the guy for Notre Dame. That would, If he is, that would just be a one-year patch job. And then going forward, Buckner and Jelly, Minchie. Um, then you're looking at CJ Carr. So out of those four, can a guy emerge? You could argue that Minchie... W- has the tools to be able to do that. So uh, if he is able to lock down the position for a year or two and lead Notre Dame to great things, there's no doubt that he will have the most impact given it the most impactful position. And uh, there's, like you said, there's a chance he ends up number one when it's all said and done.
1: Yeah. I think he immediately comes into Notre Dame's room and becomes the best passer in the room. Um, Doesn't mean he's the best player. Buckner obviously has all the upside in the world. Um, Steve Angeli is, you know, I think a very talented an accurate passer in his own right. But Kenny Minchie's kind of just like one step above him, in my opinion, from a, you know, from a QB athleticism, all that kind of, all that kind of standpoint. Um, and that honestly, to me, that that would include Sam Hartman. I think Sam Hartman's a great player. He's going to come in. If he comes into Notre Dame, like we expect him to, you know, he's going to be a very, very good football player for Notre Dame in his final year of college. Um, but just from a natural Hugh Bean, I guess, standpoint, I think Kenny Minchie will immediately come in and be the best um, from just a cerebral standpoint, accuracy, arm strength, all of that. Um, I think he has a chance to be a really special player and we we might see him even boost up the rankings even more. Um, with a with a good showing at the All American game or whatever, whichever one he's in, I forget which one it is.
0: That would surprise me one bit. I've been looking into his film more and more, and uh, from purely from an accuracy standpoint, that's what you want to see. Continue stacking this talent at quarterback at Notre Dame. We're going to hit on one, and it's going to be awesome.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, who'd you have for late the late bloomer?
0: For my late bloomer, I actually had Brandon Hillman. Um, I think this is a little bit controversial. Uh, I didn't want to put the obvious one on Armel Mucum. Um, I don't know if that's who you had, but I think that's the obvious choice, but I do think it's Hillman. It's not because I'm low on him. I had him in my top seven, I believe, but the athleticism there, I just think it's gonna be a learning curve for him getting adjusted to the college game. He needs to get adjusted to a certain position. Does he go straight to safety? Does he continue to grow with Bayless? And does that safety move end up being a Rover move? Um, does he end up on the offensive, on the offensive side of the ball somehow? Um, I think it's going to first, be a positional thing for Brandon Hillman adjusting to the college game. And then once he's adjusted, I think he's going to be a great addition to this Notre Dame team. I just don't know how early that's going to be. I don't think he's a guy that contributes in his first year or even his second. I think he's later on in his career, a guy that maybe we even ask questions about like, man, we were so high on him and you know, two or three years ago, what happened, but he's going to break out. I'm very confident in his ability. I just don't think it happens right away.
1: Yeah, no, he was definitely someone I considered. I actually have him for a different one um, down, you know, when we get to it here in a few in a uh, a few superlatives down down the line. Um, reason I didn't go with him, I actually did not go with Armel Mookam either. I part of it is because Tom just kind of Tom Loy from 24-7 just kind of sold me specifically on Mookam in regards to a guy that might be less raw than we realize. I think there's a chance that Mukum ends up being a player for them in like maybe even year one, but but definitely like year two. Um, so I don't know if I want to consider him a late bloomer yet. Um, I, I ended up going with Micah Bell. And the reason I did Michael Bell here is I think that he is a obviously a terrific athlete. I think he's the fastest player in the class, if not the entire country. Um, maybe, maybe Zachariah Branch is the is the one guy that's faster than him. Um, the, the wide receiver that signed with uh, USC, but, but Bell is certainly right up there in terms of speed. But right now, I think there's going to be a learning curve for him when it comes to being an actual corner um, or wherever he ends up playing for Notre Dame. And I, I think he could maybe see the field early simply because of his speed. Maybe he's a kick returner, punt returner, that kind of thing. Maybe he's you know finds a role on special teams in another way. Like I mentioned Ben Minnick as a, as a gunner type. I could see him being a gunner as well. Um, but from a pure playing on defense standpoint, I think there is going to be a little bit of a learning curve there. Um, again, think he's very talented. We had him, you know, right outside of our top 10 overall. And I think he's going to prove to be a really good player down the line. But I think it's going to take a few years um, just from the finer, you know, this kind of the finer tuning of, you know, being a corner mirroring guys, flipping the hips, all that kind of stuff probably comes natural to him. But there's just a difference when it comes to, you know, when he's in practice and he's up against a guy like Caleb Smith or K.K. Smith, is he going to be able to guard that guy when he, you know, kind of fakes a hitch route or something like that? I, th- I think that's the kind of stuff that he's going to need to learn, um, you know, as he goes. And like I said, that's not a, that's not a big a big deal right now because they have a lot of really talented young corners. Um, but, you know, come junior, senior year, I could see him being a really, really good nickel slot corner for them. And, you know, maybe even one of the best guys in the in the entire country when it comes down to it.
0: Yeah, you always bring in that speed and then we'll work on the size when you have a guy like Bayless. I know I've mentioned him a lot. I just I really do love Matt Bayless, but um yeah, I think Priester said it on the Irish Illustrated podcast or something he wrote um was that you know Bell's gonna come in and once they take all their, their pictures or whatever, he might be swimming in his jersey, but uh, <laughs> that'll change. He'll he'll need some to add some size, but hopefully it doesn't come at the cost of speed because that guy can fly.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's another thing. I need to mention that. But yeah, the the adding size aspect of it too, he comes in. You know, he's probably one 160 or so dripping wet, to be honest with you. Um, so, yeah, no, he's like I said, he's going to be a guy I think ends up being a really talented player, but it just, it just might take a little bit for him to actually see the field. Um, highest upside. This one was a weird one for me because I really wanted to go with Braylon James again, but I ended up going with a different guy. And part of it is because of the versatility this guy has. I ended up going with Jeremiah Love. Um, I think he could be a receiver I think he could be a running back. Obviously I think he could play defense at a high level. Um, and so because of that, I think there's just so much to his game where if he ended up being a first round pick down the line, just because of his size, his speed, his athleticism, everything he brings to the game from the running back position right now, specifically, um, wouldn't surprise me if he's one of those outlier types that ends up a first round pick at running back or an early second round pick like a Brees Hall, for example, who I actually think his game sort of resembles um, in a sense. And I, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he ends up being that type of player and, you know, a really talented NFL um, running back in, in that aspect. So I guess even from what I'm saying here is sometimes upside at running back doesn't mean first round pick just because it's not a valued position, but if he ended up being the best player in this class, and going and went on to have the best NFL career. It wouldn't surprise me.
0: Yeah, no, that wouldn't surprise me one bit. Um, I, I'm really high on Jeremiah Love, and that shows in the rankings. I, I think that he's a freak athlete that Tommy's going to love messing around with on offense. You know, putting him in the slot or um, pitching the ball to him, giving it up the middle. I think he can do it all. I think he's as close to a, tr- a true like three down running back in the terms of that he can do everything, and you don't need to take him off the field that we're going to see at Notre Dame. But um, for my highest upside, it's a guy I'm very high on, but I think he can grow to be even a better player uh, as he continues at Notre Dame was Christian Gray. I think that his floor is extremely high and so is his ceiling, which is a a good thing to say when you're looking at the cornerback position. I just don't – simply I don't think there's a way that Christian Gray sucks at Notre Dame just because he (laughs) has all the tools to just be unbelievable. I think that he he can be a first-round pick for Notre Dame. I think he will be a first-round pick. Wouldn't surprise me if he was in like the top five or ten. You mentioned that the NFL is a passing league. You need guys to stop the pass. You either get that in the form of an edge rusher or a corner. Can he be like a sauce gardener type? I think he can. Um, I, I really love Christian Gray's game. Um, there was a video that sold me, it was probably six months ago, of him like flipping his hips and just turning and running with a receiver. But, it, you know, when he's down in his stance, his arms are going past his shins. I mean, the guy is just a freak. He has all the tools to be an un- unbelievable corner. I'm just happy Notre Dame has him because every school in the country wanted him.
1: Yeah, and, and going back to what you said, when you have a guy that has not only a high floor but a high upside it, you know that means essentially you're not going to miss on that guy and i think sometimes people confuse high upside as a guy that neat that is kind of raw and sometimes people c- confuse high floor with a guy that doesn't have a high ceiling and i'm i'm glad that you put those two together there because he's a guy that has both and Part of the reason why I had him as an early impact guy is I think because because I think his floor is so high and he's already so sound as a player. Like you mentioned, flipping his hips and running with guys already, the length that I think he can bring to Notre Dame's roster. So yeah, no, hundred percent, man. Like I didn't really think about him for high upside uh, for whatever reason. Partly because I was just kind of down to Braylon James and I kind of wanted to put him on there, and I obviously ended up going with Jeremiah Love. But it wouldn't surprise me, like you just said, if Christian Gray is a first-round pick, number one player in this class type, which is kind of a common theme with what we've been getting at with some of these players.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's a extremely high positional value, especially at Notre Dame. I just, this fit is just unbelievable, man.
1: Who'd you end up going with for most versatile?
0: So I thought about going with with Brandon Hillman just because I think he can do a lot of things. But I wanted to throw a new name in here in Preston Center. It's actually a guy that I'm not super high on. I just don't think he's that great of an athlete, but I know that he can do a lot of different things for Notre Dame, whether that's on offense or defense. I think he can be a linebacker. I think he can rush off the edge. I think he could be an H-back type, kind of like Sherwood has been for Notre Dame this year. I think he could be a, a solid receiving tight end. So I think that he's a guy that can do a lot of different things. Can he do any – is he great at any of those things? I don't think so. Can he be good at a couple different positions? Yes. So um, I think he can be a jack of all trades. Um, kind of master of none, if you will. So uh, I think that they're going to like what they have in Zinter. I'm not in love with him as a football player, but um, I think that he purely his ability to do a lot of different things for Notre Dame makes him a value.
1: Yeah. I mean, if he ended up at tight end in Notre Dame, it wouldn't surprise me. I know Notre Dame likes him at linebacker right now and, you know, possibly even a guy that ends up on the edge down the road. Um, but I, th- I think you can argue his upside is higher at a, uh, at tight end and it wouldn't surprise me. I like, I like that. Um, I think I'm a little higher on him than you from an up, you know, just from an upside and talent standpoint, overall, maybe our rankings don't show that. I think we had him very similarly ranked, but I think I just, in general, I think I, I find him to be a better athlete than you do, but that's really neither here or there. I mean, what, what you said, I think is spot on overall. I mean, he's a guy that can do a lot of different things for Notre Dame. And um, I do agree with what you said in the sense that he can be good at a lot of things, maybe not great at a lot of things. I think we're on the same page there for sure. Um I actually did end up going with Brandon Hillman and it partly is because I think if Notre Dame didn't end up with a QB in this class, I think he could have been a guy that they tried out there. He could play running back. He could play wide receiver. Um, He could play safety. I think is where he ends up starting out at. He can end up being a Rover. I think some people even think that he can be a corner starting out at Notre Dame. So, I mean, he could literally play anywhere that doesn't include being a guy that weighs 250 pounds plus and have to and have to essentially play on the defensive line or obviously the offensive line if you get even bigger than that but any skill position you can think of at Notre Dame he can play um and honestly I wouldn't even have put it past him to be a decent quarterback if he had to be um maybe not the best thrower or anything like that but for example let's just say he went to Navy I think he would be instantly they're starting quarterback when it comes to being the option guy and all that kind of stuff so I, I think it's very interesting the type of player he is he obviously was a quarterback in high school um for his team and actually did show some some decent throwing ability as i mentioned i think he ends up on the defensive defensive side of the ball most likely safety maybe linebacker down the road um, but is definitely a guy that if you told me in four years he's an All-American at wide receiver, wouldn't 100% be surprised. But if you told me he's an All-American at, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, also wouldn't be surprised. So it, just a really talented and versatile player, which is, you know, the name of the uh, superlative that we had on there.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think those have to be the two picks and two guys. I think it wouldn't surprise me if they ended up playing both sides of the ball in Notre Dame, which would be kind of cool.
1: Yeah. And I was, I, there were some other guys I was considering for it. Like I think Michael Bell could be a really good offensive player or offensive threat. Um, if you wanted to, I think there, there are some people out there that still feel like he could end up on the offensive ball, uh, offensive side of the ball at Notre Dame. And, you know, there's just a lot, I mean, Ben Minich. I think Ben Minnick is the kind of the same thing. I think he could end up being a wide receiver um, for Notre Dame. I don't, I'm not going to pr- predict that per se, but if Notre Dame liked him at wide receiver, it wouldn't have surprised me. So um, there's a lot of versatile, vers- uh, versatile guys in this class. And that even goes for guys like Jeremiah Love, who I think could play if he really wanted to play offense or defense. I mean, he could, um, if he wants to be a wide receiver, he's set as such that he could be a wide receiver down the line because of his build. So there's a lot of versatile guys. Um, I think in this class, a hundred percent.
0: Yeah, no doubt. You want to go with your best athlete?
1: Yeah. Um, I have a feeling we did not pick the same guy here. Um, and I, and I kind of viewed athlete differently in this sense I didn't say okay who's the fastest who's the like the most versatile per se like the guy that can play a lot of different spots and I think sometimes defensive line and offensive linemen hurt, you know they, they don't get viewed as these like top-notch athletes but they can do crazy things like Quentin Nelson for example. So I ended up going with Bubakar Traore um, for best athlete and I think it's because He's another guy that has an 80, like he has an 80 inch wingspan, uh, supposedly. Uh, I think he's fast off the edge. I think he also has the the ability to play inside if need be, depending on how big he gets, can play Viper, can play strong side end. So he's another guy that has the versatility um, in this sense. But I just think he's going to prove to be a guy that has both power, speed, length, pretty much everything you need to be an effective pass rusher, as long as he can stay healthy. I think that's the biggest thing with him is some health things that he's had going on um, throughout his career. But I mean, he has a brother that plays in the NFL. I think he's an offensive lineman. um, So you know that he could probably develop size wise, but uh, man, I for some reason, I just keep, I just keep thinking about his 80 inch um, wingspan and, and I just, that could be a really special player and just a really special athlete on the defensive as a defensive end.
0: I like that pick a lot. He wasn't the guy that necessarily crossed my mind, but the more he talked about it, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I have Brandon Hillman. I, the versatility makes a lot of sense to me in, in terms of best athlete. I think the guy, just because of, of his versatility, but also his numbers and how fast he is and just everything he can do on the football field screams best athlete to me. I also had Christian Gray written here, but um, I think when it's all said and done that, you know, the, the numbers you're going to see out of Brandon Hillman when he eventually becomes an NFL guy uh, after adding some strengths and speed with Matt Balus, I mean, I, I'm I'm just in love with Brandon Hillman, the athlete. I think that he can do it all for Notre Dame. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty much repeating what I said for versatility, but um, you know, I, I'm really high on Hillman. I had him written down for three or four of these. I just I think that even though he was a late ad, I'm not sure people are familiar enough with what he can be.
1: Yeah, no. Who was it? What was the other one you had uh, for Vernon? That you, that you didn't end up putting him down
0: for? Um, I could also see him – what did I have? I had him written for a late bloomer as well because I could see him taking some time to really grow into the college game. Um, I think that Notre Dame is in a good spot on the defensive line, and I could see him not necessarily playing for a year or two, but uh, continuing to grow uh, or maybe even trip down depending on what they want to do with him, whether that's uh, – I think he's too big for Viper now, but whether that's the strong side defensive end or a three-tech – um, I think that I'm all in on Varence Tal. I just don't know exactly where he fits quite yet.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. Well, there you have it, guys. A little, a little longer episode for you, but we wanted to make sure we got you our rankings and our superlatives. We like looking back at this every year, see how it ends up. Obviously, follow the Golden Homers on Twitter at Golden Homers. Follow Mason at Mason Plummer underscore. Follow myself at Nathan underscore Erbach. Make sure you visit the the fanboys.com winning edge sports network. We're collabing with them. We're doing a lot of podcasting with them. And we think it's going to be a pretty, um, pretty fun and successful venture with them as well. So make sure you guys are following all those guys on Twitter, a lot of podcasting from different, if you want different perspectives from, from other teams out there, they're, they're growing and it's, uh, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun, but. um, Hopefully we'll have some good news for you guys later this week. Uh, maybe throw a podcast or a space on there if it does happen. We're expecting some good news, and uh, obviously, the bowl game on Friday. Believe Mason, what time is that at twelve? Like twelve thirty my time, so three thirty Eastern time. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, that's correct. Three thirty Eastern time. Obviously, that's the Gator Bowl against South Carolina. So we'll definitely. I don't think we're going to preview the game for you guys. We might do a post game type of thing um afterwards uh, just with everything going on with new years and christmas and everything going on with family and all that kind of stuff works work is starting back up all that kind of things but like i said guys follow golden homers follow myself and mason on twitter uh follow the fanboys and winning edge sports network and we will see you guys most likely after the bowl game and um hopefully there's some good news but uh, go irish
0: go irish